Hey, it's Arjun here, and we're back for the episode three of this three-part series on tactics, strategy, and transformation. So if this is your first time tuning into the show, or maybe, hey, look, it's been a couple of weeks since those first two episodes came out, I'll give you a quick recap of this three-part series and what we're doing here. So the first part is that this three-part series is to crush the thoughts of that everything is about strategy, because it's not. There are key parts where tactics which are things, as an example, that you deploy as a quick action to achieve something. For example, 90% loans versus 80%, interest only versus PNI, minimum yields of 4% versus 5%, and a quick tactics you deploy in being able to start your portfolio journey. Then we talked about episode two, which is the last episode on strategy. This is all about designing a pathway to get to your goals, and without strategies that are clear with what's the end goal, how long it'll take, how many purchases, types of purchases, approaches you take, for example, renovating your way there, buying, holding your way there. These are different approaches and strategy. This is part three. Now, what's part three? Part three is all about transformative action. Now, these are things that will game change and shift the dial substantially in your favor when it comes to scaling a portfolio. Now, when it comes to transformative, let's look at the meaning. And I've been loving this whole pull out the meaning stuff because it gives me clarity and I hope it gives you clarity on where this is all going. So what does transformative mean? It is causing or able to cause a change, especially causing someone's life to be different or better in some important way. The transformative power of love, a transformative force. That is the key part here, causing or able to cause a change. Ignore all the love and the force parts because property is not about power of love or a transformation in force. But the key is if it has the same impact from that aspect of causing or able to cause a change, especially causing someone's life to be different or better, that's what I'd like to give you from this episode. So when it comes to transformative shifts in a portfolio, the biggest thing that starts is actually your income. Yes, that's hard to say in terms of easier said than done but it is absolutely critical to the scaling of a portfolio. Now, I know I'm going to hear things like, but my job doesn't do that. My career doesn't do that. My boss doesn't let me do that. My company doesn't let me do that. If you are someone who sweeps streets and you run a company of sweeping streets, that's an example of the two complete opposite ends of a career where someone may throw all those excuses, thoughts, difficulties, troubles, Someone may one side say, well, no, I, I can't. There's no bonuses, no commissions in sweeping streets. There isn't any massive allowances outside of the overtime, but that's hours in, hours out, hours in, results out. So where does this happen? I've just thrown you a crazy example. I'm not saying that that is my simple solve, go start a company, but it is one way. And so on your journey, it's important to reflect and realize that when people are out there that do scale a portfolio, you will notice one of three common factors. The first, they probably have a lot of gray hairs because it means that they've done it and held it for a long time. So that means that there's a high chance that time was their solve and when combined with income, super transformative. But time is one big transformative factor. So that's the first part, the gray hairs. If you're not having gray hairs and you're pretty old, I don't know what pretty old is, by the way. I mean, some people call old 40, 50, 60, 70. You, you be the decider. I think all of those are young. If you can move, you don't have a whole bunch of grays. Unless you can pull off the grays, then it's a different story. 
Um, I'm getting a couple, but I don't know if I can classify that as the greys yet that I can pull off. I hope to be able to pull it off one day, but that's a TBC. And to be honest, if I do pull it off, it's probably just going to be my wife only who tells me that it's great and she's always my fan no matter what. So I think the key there is it's probably biased. In saying that, greys aside, the main thing is if you're living a long life, you're going to likely have a transformative portfolio and you might not need that income dial to move so much. The second thing is the income. If your income substantially rises, that's going to be that second transformative dial, which is where if you lack that age or lack that time, the income is that second path that fast tracks it all. You know, someone who reaches a couple hundred K by 25 in income or half a million by 30 or a million by 30 or multi-million by 30 and 40, these are naturally going to be huge transformative shifters in their ability to scale a portfolio. And the third and final part is if it's not time and if it's not income, it's actually going to be how many people are on the journey with you combined with how much money you put aside combined with how aggressive you take risks. I know there's a lot of combines there, but these are the forces that come together. Oh, look, I use the word forces. How cool, right? Transformative forces are the thing at the start. But these are the forces that come together to actually scale the portfolio. Age slash time. Second is the scale of your income. And then third is that how many people are on the journey, how much money you put aside, and then how aggressively or how short the window is in which you take action. So we're going to break down these transformative areas because when we go back to that first part, which is income, income is a key shift. And I know I use the street sweep example, but the point of that was to show you the extremes of company or companies and in the same field of a job that one person says is not going to get them there. Companies is one direction. The other is corporate layers, promotions, bonuses, overtime, shifting roles, shifting companies. Like I remember, I promise you, please don't follow this hardcore because I don't know if the strategies are still the same, but I can remember this one moment where I was at CBA and the old joke used to be, hey, leave CBA, go to Westpac, come back to CBA. <laughs> this was the way you gained a 20K income on the jump then 10K on the way back. Now, firstly, that should tell you about a crappy corporate culture of retaining employees if they have to leave to come back, which I'm not saying CBA has, but it was a thing that was often discussed that if someone has to leave to then come back to be recognized and valued, so be it. That's their thing, but that's not the right thing from an organizational structure that someone has to do that to come back and earn more. But that is common. You'd be surprised. You know, my wife who runs that finance arm of the business in terms of Hills Finance, that's her business there. She's told me about so many people who start in one bank, move to another, come back. Now, you might be wondering, why do they come back if they weren't getting paid that to begin with? Well, once they left, they earned more. That was the new opportunity. And then once they came back, they came back with another bank's secrets, insights, strategies, learnings, experiences. And they came back as someone who knew the original organizations. They knew how to work mold within, but with new skill sets and new learning. Weird how it works, but it works. So I'm just giving you ideas. I'm not saying you should all leave your jobs, change between banks and come back. But the idea is we're talking transformation here. Income is the fastest way to transform. Starting companies, rising within career, jumping companies, working harder, working smarter, working better, working longer, working in different industries, one step back, two steps forward, changing from one industry to another. There are so many ways to cut income or there's just time. Time solves everything, right? That's the second part. Time was the one where pay rises by inflation, average wage rises, and with experience in a company growing, then you have skill sets growing that then lead to better performance, that then lead to greater outcomes. There are so many ways to cut this. But this is where these goals coming together 
allow you to focus in on the income by breaking down all the different ways you can cut it, being bonuses, commissions, overtimes, promotions, different companies, different careers, step back, and even going into business. Now, it kind of reminds me of this uh, concept. If you've seen the TV show Futurama, and you remember Fry looked at hundreds and hundreds of years ago and looked at his bank account and it had $10 in there. But then fast forward, he's a trillionaire, right? And so whilst we all don't have hundreds and hundreds of years, the concept of time solving everything does come true. Because the income today, you know, tell you what, that Big Mac test, that's another thing you could do. The Big Mac test is likely that a Big Mac's going to be very expensive. And unless we're all living on Big Macs, I'm pretty sure we're going to be earning a lot more than what the typical Big Mac will cost and be able to afford a lot more too. So I think the main point here is that time is your friend and there are so many ways to cut up this income, but do not kid yourself and do not take the easy pathway of going, oh, what's my strategy? What's my portfolio? What's the property I buy? Is it growth? Is it valued? Is it under market? Is it this? You will look at the Forbes rich list, the highest portfolio values, the friends that have achieved it, and they're either really old or they're really high income earners. Very rarely is it not one of those two. And it's okay to be very old and doing that. I hope to be old and wealthy. That's the goal I should aspire to so I can set up future generations. I can set myself up. I can have some time back and that takes time. So the first and second transformative parts are income and time. You do the compound test. I encourage you to take away a portfolio, make it $5 million, put it onto a compounding tool and just see the results in 5, 10, 15, 20, 25. Apply this tool and just watch that chart shift substantially. From that perspective, when you're on that journey and you combine time and income and you take this episode back with part two on strategy, get definitive goals, get pathways, and then you go to tactics, the micro things you apply, you start seeing some pretty game-changing results. But unfortunately, this third episode, this is a part where many people probably will get pissed off because it's the stuff they don't want to hear. We'll either say it's too hard or we'll say, I don't want to wait so long and be impatient. This is the problem. If I drew my plan at what I was earning at 18, I would not have the portfolio today. If I drew the plan based on what I was earning at 22, I would not have the portfolio I have today. Even at 25, at 26, it goes on. The idea was that I did not have a plan to earn what I was earning forever. And you shouldn't have that plan too. This will be the core parts where you start thinking of it with this different lens of factors that may not be in such ease of control. But if I've given you all these reasons here, and ways to do it, they are in somewhat of a control and a lot more than you think. So on transformation, what's the third and final part? The third and final part is breaking down the risk tolerance and aggression to how much you purchase, the window in which you do it, if you're doing it alone and how much you're putting away. I cannot sit here and look you in the eye or speak to you on this microphone and say that I even build even remotely the portfolio I have today without my partner. Two heads, in some cases of life, may not be better than one, but in portfolio building, two heads, two incomes, two goal-oriented action-taking people will by far get further and faster and more successful than someone alone will. Obviously, there needs to be an alignment in the two people, and that's key. Do we have separate roles or do we go on this journey together? And by journey, I don't mean separate roles don't do them, but by separate roles, it's clear pathways, or you're both doing as much as each other equally as aggressively. That's for you to decide in the dynamic of your relationship, but the two versus one was definitely a shifter. Two times 100K owners become 200K owners. And so this is the first part just to simply realize that, hey, a partnership does go further. Now, 
for all the single guys and ladies out there, I'm not kind of telling you to go get hitched off the back of this episode because, hey, Arjun said a portfolio goes faster when I'm in together. How much do you make? What do you do? And do you want to build a portfolio together? Look, if that works in the dating life of today, we're all doomed. The relationships will be absolutely shocking if that's the approach that needs to happen and works. But I will let you take on that journey and do with it what you think. I'm here to let you know for all the single folks out there, it is tougher alone. Now, as we move to the second and third part, it's the actual savings component. There's another episode where I've released, and in this particular episode, it talks about having certain savings rules and behaviors and percentages of income. So these are the last two parts of that third and final part, part of the part. That's just how much value you're getting here. We're dividing the parts into more parts. So I want to make sure that you all get the extra love from this third episode and get some transformation because that's what we're here for. But this next part is for you to look back into another episode where I've talked about the actual savings rates, 25% net, 30, 40% net, elite savers, great savers. The key here is that if you can put aside that money from what you're bringing in consistently, hitting a certain target figure in a certain time frame, your strategies just become much easier to actually hit than in turn hit your goal. No point earning 100K if you spend like someone who's on 400K, which by the way is probably not even possible. But I mean, if you do, that just shows you the horrible spending you're making and the horrible choices you're making. But the idea here is the concept of spend what you have left over after saving, not save what you have left over after spending. And if you can get that habit right and dial it to percentages that are sustainable for you to do so, for example, my benchmark has always been 25% net is a good saver, 40% net is an elite saver, and if you're above 40%, you're a tight ass, but good on you for doing that, as long as you can sustain it, by the way. So I'll leave that with you. The final part here is how aggressively you make decisions. You could have a strategy that involves three properties in 15 years, but if you buy property one in year one, property two in year five, and property three in 10 years, I highly doubt that that property strategy is going to be successful because you're telling me that your third property gets debt-free in five years? Come on, there's no way that happens. Even if you're earning stupid dollars, that's not gonna happen. So the idea here is that you need to get these three properties, if that's your plan, and if it's 15 years, in the shortest possible time frame. And so how you work out your risk tolerance is a few metrics and figures that I'm going to give you. Number one is how much money aside you're going to be putting in terms of each purchase before you move on to the next. Personally, I've always kept 25K minimum aside per property and I find that's a great number to work to because it covers you for maintenance, vacancy and just peace of mind mentally from job losses and other things. Each person's buffer is their own, but that's just an example. Number two metric is actually the purchase minimum yields and purchase price points so you know from an interest rate, minimum yield, cost to hold, what you can handle, and you can envision how many of those you can handle before your savings start getting quite tight. And the final metric here is that 90% tactics, 80% loans, which bank you go with, all those aggression measurements in terms of how quickly you can move to the next one will give you clarity. If you start taking these tactics that I've shared with you and turn them into the strategies, from episode two and then turn them into a clear transformative direction of what you can make in your own personal journeys, you'll start to achieve some serious scale in a portfolio faster than you can imagine. Let's take a moment to step back and recap this three-part series. First part is tactics. Tactics are all about the quick decisions you make to actually achieve the goal or achieve the strategy. And so from those tactics, some examples were how much in lending you take up, 90% or 80%, whether you 
go and do certain sets of renovations on each property, minimum yields on purchase prices, uh, the actual decision-making around P&I and interest only. All these factors are quick tactics you can make, trust versus no trust, and then you move to strategies. This is the pathway designed to actually hit the goals you want to. This is five properties, debt-free, in 25 years, having a minimum rental yield of this much in line with the tactics that then are with renovation potential in some and maybe buy and hold in others across different markets with absolute clarity of how much you save per month, how much buffer you have aside, and when you end up getting to your goals. And then those transformation pieces are almost in some of those strategies that I've shared already, which is how long you're going to hold this for. The age is on your side. If you start early, it's against you if you're starting later in life. And then you move on to the income. If you can dial that income up, whether it's with time and it comes in due course, or whether it's business, promotion, change of companies, change of industry, overtime, commissions, whatever, these are some ways to build your income. And then start to look at it with, is this just you? Or is it with a partner? Is it with other friends, family? That's another topic on its own. And are you going to be able to make aggressive decisions in a soon amount of time with the right risk parameters combined with the right amount of savings you put aside each time of the month, fortnight, week, whatever your cycle of pay is, or as a business owner. And if you start putting these transformative pieces that shift the dial substantially, combined with a strategy that's designed to get you your outcomes, deployed with tactics to achieve that strategy, all of these three parts come together. If you're looking at and you feel like, hey, I've got all the pieces to make this happen, go out there, make it happen, and start to put tactics with strategies and transformation. If you're on this journey and you feel like there are a few elements where you see some gaps, where you need some help, and you're thinking, hey, you know what, Arjun, I'd love for your team to be able to help me get my clarity on the strategy, get my clarity in mapping and designing this, well, jump on investikit.com.au where it starts with a free consultation. We'll be able to help you in generating that right strategy should we be a fit to work together. Now, consultation slots are limited. However, if you just want to take a step back and put that to the side for now, that's totally okay. Just revisit these three parts so you get absolute clarity on tactics, strategies, and transformation. Now, if you've got any more questions or ideas like this where you can see me creating a three-part series, and yes, we're going to stick to that three-part, and we're going to use these series to help you answer these questions or key concepts you'd like support with, Drop info at investikit.com.au an email. We'll put that time aside to be able to craft special series that hit certain key parts that you'd like more information on. And then we'll go from there and produce another one just like this. Thank you so much. It's Arjun again, Head of Research Investigate Buyers Agency.